This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. I'm glad you're here this morning. We are in our second week of our Advent message series, The Light Has Come. This year, during Advent, we're exploring how the arrival of Jesus as the light of the world always brings life to the world. And when his light shines in our lives, it's not something we should turn away from. It's not something we should be afraid of, but it's something we should embrace because his light leads to life. Advent is a season in the church where here at Christian Chapel and in churches all around the world, we are preparing our hearts to celebrate the arrival of Christ. And as we celebrate uh, the, the historical reality of his first arrival, we also look forward to the day he will return, when he will restore and renew all things. And, and so us, for us this year, we're exploring what it means for Jesus to come as the light of the world and how our hope is that one day uh, he will shine brightly in his return and completely restore and renew everything for us. Jesus describes himself to us this way in John 8. He says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this morning we're going to see how Jesus comes, he shines his light onto every dream, every hope that we hold on to, and he either fulfills those things, he refines them, or he replaces them. We're going to look at a story in Luke chapter 2 that takes place shortly after the birth of Jesus and tells us a little bit about a man named Simeon. So Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 22. If you don't have a Bible with you, it'll be here on the screen for you as well. Luke writes, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This morning, we're going to see what Simeon's story teaches us about how God works in our lives in seasons of waiting, how the Spirit leads us through these seasons of waiting, and and how ultimately Jesus comes as the fulfillment of every dream, every hope that we have. Now, now waiting and Christmas, they often go together. If you think back to your earliest memories of Christmas, they probably involved uh, some anxiety because it seemed like Christmas would never get there. And if, if you want to know the difference between being a child and being an adult, just think of how much time passes between Thanksgiving and Christmas and how you perceive that. 
right? As an adult, it feels like about three days, right? Like you are still eating leftover turkey and you're also now wrapping presents and getting ready for Christmas Eve. These, these seasons just, they go by so quick. The days are short. The, the to-do lists seem endless and it just flies by. But when you're a kid, that period of time seems like it takes forever, especially if you're waiting, right? So, so remember back in, when you were a kid and you're just longing for Christmas break, you just couldn't wait because you knew, I mean, you'd had this, this long fall that you'd been in school that had already probably felt like three or four years and you knew time was coming, you were going to get to sleep in, you were going to get to hang out at home and you just couldn't wait. Or, or maybe it was the year that you knew your parents were actually getting you the one gift you really wanted, right? And, and you just could not wait. And the more you thought about it, the longer it seemed it was going to take to get there. Now, we, we lose some of that as an adult, and yet we still have that experience of waiting in other seasons of life. And, and what I want to encourage us to consider this morning is that waiting isn't a bad thing. It's in the waiting that you learn to actually appreciate the fulfillment of the promise when it happens. If you've ever had a moment in your life where you dreamed of something and you immediately received it, you probably don't remember it. Instant gratification does not build long-term memories. Right? It's, it's those seasons of waiting, those seasons of longing, those seasons of anticipation that become kind of those milestone moments in our life where we look back and we see God's faithfulness that was on display to us. Now, Simeon was a man who knew what it was to wait. He was waiting for two promises. First, he was waiting for a big promise from God. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Basically, he was, he was waiting for what God had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, to David, to the prophets, to the people when they were in exile. The promise that one day that Israel would be restored to its former glory and to a glory that even surpassed that, that they would be a light for all of the nations. And so Simeon is waiting for this big promise. Now, and then underneath that, he's also waiting for a smaller promise. Scripture says it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. The the promises of Simeon's life point us to the reality of our life as well. You see, we are all also waiting on the big promise of God. Advent reminds us Christ has come. It also reminds us Christ is coming. And we are all waiting for that day when he comes, right? And and if you read through the scriptures and you read the, the descriptions of what life will be like when Christ returns, we all say, yes, I want that. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more hurt. There'll be no more heartaches. There'll be no more headaches. There'll be no, no more frustration with God, frustration with yourself, or frustration with each other. You will live in perfect harmony, completely certain of your identity and your calling. You will know God and he will know you. You'll walk in perfect harmony with other people. We'll live in harmony with all of creation. This is the promise of the second coming, and we all would agree that, yes, we want that. For every wrong to be made right, for every hurt, every ache to disappear, we long for that. And and then underneath that, many of us are also holding on to personal promises from God. Promises that graduation will come, right? Either for you or for your child. Promises that you will get married. Promises that you will have a child. Promises that your finances will be sufficient. That you will experience health. Again, we're holding on to these promises. 
What Simeon's story teaches us is that that these kind of secondary personal promises, they always have to align with the big promise of the scriptures to us. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and it had also been revealed that he would not die till he saw the Messiah. Now, the arrival of the Messiah was the sign that the consolation of Israel was at hand. And so it's the same thing is going to happen in your life. When God promises you something, it's going to line up with the larger promises he has made in Scripture. So the the problem some of us have, and, and this is where a season of waiting is good, because in the waiting, we have a lot of opportunities for clarification. We have a lot of opportunities to come before the Lord and say, this hasn't happened yet. Is this from you or is this just something I want? And I thought if I ascribed it to you, then maybe you would do it for me. And and so in a season of waiting, there's opportunities for clarification. And we're bringing our hopes, we're bringing our dreams, we're bringing our promises to God. And we're saying, does this line up with the way your kingdom works? He's not going to promise you something that's at odds with the values and the ethics of his kingdom. He's not going to give you a dream that's at odds with the way he has revealed his people are supposed to live and to interact with each other. And so the waiting, we, we get frustrated. We want to avoid it, but we need to embrace it because it's in the waiting that we receive clarification. Right? And, and so for Simeon, undoubtedly, there were times that he would have wondered, will I, will I actually see the Messiah? Will I actually see the consolation? And yet in, in some way, God continued to clarify to him, yes, hold on to that. Yes, be faithful to that. And waiting is also an opportunity for spiritual growth. It tells us that Simeon, in the season of waiting, he was righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was on him. You see, for us, it's easy to see the waiting as a sign of God's absence. Well, God promised it, but then he didn't give it to me, so he must not be concerned about my life anymore. And yet what the the scriptures teach us is that it's in the waiting we actually learn to depend on God. We learn to trust in him. We learn to rely completely on the leading and guiding of his Holy Spirit and begin to rely completely on his ability to perform his will at his time. Waiting is a space for spiritual growth. And, And you will grow in ways that you wait that you can't in any other way or any other season. There are certain lessons that have to be learned in those kind of desert moments of life, right? When all of your power, when all of your ability to strip away, Simeon could no more make the the Messiah appear than you and I can make our dreams a reality today. And yet it's in that season that God is teaching us to rely on him and anything that leads us to depend on the Holy Spirit more is ultimately a good thing in our lives. And Simeon, in this process, he remains righteous and devout. He does not let the waiting lead him away from the person God has called him to be. For you and I, in seasons of waiting, we're going to be tempted to think, well, God has forgotten, God has given up, so I can too. But instead of that, the Holy Spirit will come and change your perspective, and he'll enable you to see this promise that currently feels like frustration, And enable you to see is this is actually a sign that God is actively involved in your life. He's the one who gave you that dream. He's the one who gave you those hopes. He's the one who made that promise to you. The promises are proof of God's presence in our lives. And so we embrace them even in the seasons of waiting. And and we want to continue to grow spiritually because eventually the season of waiting is going to come to an end and the spirit is going to call us to move forward. This is what happens for Simeon. 
You can read in verse 27, it says, He was moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. And there's a, a couple things going on here. First of all, this is not a, a lucky break, but this is a divine appointment. Right? Simeon was in the right place at the right time to accomplish what God had planned in that moment. And his life was working in concert with Joseph and Mary. They were following the requirements of the law. They were there on just the right day at just the right time. And the Spirit had spoken to Simeon to go to the temple that day. Reminds us that that God is passionate about pursuing his plans for our lives. If God gave you the promise, then it's on God to fulfill the promise. It's not on you. We don't know how Simeon was moved by the Spirit. It could have been a dream. It could have been as he read the scriptures. It could have been a a small voice. It could have been his wife saying, you're driving me nuts. Why don't you go to the temple for a while? We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But what we know is God made it clear Simeon was supposed to be in the temple. So he went to the temple. When God promises something to you, it's on him to make it happen. If he puts a dream in your heart, that means it's his dream before it's your dream. And so you hold it with open hands, you receive it as a gift, but you understand you're just a steward of it. It's his idea, it's his hope, it's his plan, and he's going to orchestrate the events of your life to make it happen. He's passionately pursuing you, and even if you get off course, even if you turn to the left or the right, even if he says move and you don't move quite quick enough, he's not going to give up on you because his dream for you is going to intersect with his dreams for other people. So he's going to get you at the right place at the right time, even if you don't necessarily have the best attitude about it. I think, it, think of a parent who's decided to throw a surprise party for their child. Once you have made the commitment, the party's happening, right? Regardless of how terrible your child might behave. Because you've invited grandma and grandpa and you've had friends come over and everybody's waiting and everybody's hiding behind the couch and you might have picked them up and they were as bratty as they had ever been. But you're going to go ahead and drive them to the house. You're going to walk in the door. You're going to throw the party and then you're going to have the parent talk later, right? But you're going to get them where they need to be, not just for their sake, but for the sake of everyone who's there waiting for them as well. God orchestrates the events of our lives in the same way. If he was waiting for perfect people to execute his plans, he could never do anything at all. And yet he chooses to give dreams and hopes and visions to us imperfect people. And in the moments when I'm impatient, in the moments when I go left and I should have went right, God doesn't look down and say, well, that's it. The whole thing has fallen apart. But he continues to work, he continues to lead, he continues to guide. But when the Spirit moves in the waiting, we also have to move with him. It says that the Spirit moved Simeon to go to the temple, but Simeon still has to go to the temple. For for some of us, the the temptation is to feel like, well, when God wants to provide for this dream, he'll do it in such such a way that I don't actually have to do anything. If God wants me to be married, he will bring that girl and make her propose to me, right? If God wants me to be rich, I will win the lottery, right? If God wants me to speak to my neighbor, he will tell them to knock on my door at a moment when I feel like talking and answering the door. And they will, when I open it, they will say, tell me about Jesus. And that will be my clue that I'm supposed to tell, right? We, we kind of put all these stipulations on it. But for Simeon, it says he was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. So what did he do? 
He went to the temple. When the Spirit moves, we move with him. For some of us, the reason we are not seeing the dreams fulfilled and the promises kept that God has made to us is because he's been calling you to take a step and you don't want to do it. Because you're saying, I'm not going to go here until I can see how it ends. I'm not going to take the first step until I can see the last step. Simeon did not know why he was going to the temple that day. He just knew he was supposed to go. And when he showed up, he found out why. And for for some of us, the the same is true. God is calling you today to take that step. you got to make that phone call. You've got this dream for a restored relationship. And he's saying, great, call and extend forgiveness. But it wasn't my fault. Extend forgiveness. Take that first step that the Spirit's revealing and begin to walk and continue to walk and, and just trust that he is writing a beautiful story out of all of it. I've got a, a friend that I went to college with who is a, a composer. And we have a unique friendship because we really have no common interests at all, right? If you know me, you know the way a composer's mind works. And then, you know, I'm over here like, did you see Russell Westbrook dunk the other day? You know, and so there's not a lot of common ground there. But, but we, we enjoy hanging out. We enjoy talking to each other. And one of the things I enjoy about talking to him is, is his mind just, just works in a way that I can't comprehend, and so he'll start to tell me, so he's, he's you know, he, he composes for orchestras, he directs orchestras, he has served in a local church, but it was a church where they had like the full orchestra, so he would have to take on a weekly basis the, the music that we do, and then he would rewrite it for all of these different parts. And he used to love talking to him about it, and he would tell me about this process of writing for the, the full orchestras, when they would do the big productions, and he would write original music, and he would talk about, you know, so I start with like that maybe it's the piano piece, or I start with the cello, or start whatever it is. He would start with one instrument, and he would start to write that part. And then he would start to write the parts for the percussion, and the parts for the bass. And then he would start to name like all these wind instruments that I don't know what they are, and he probably made half of them up just to mess with me. But he would tell me about writing all of these. And so, so my mind can comprehend the idea of writing a piece of music for a piano from beginning to end. But I can't even begin to comprehend, you write this piece for that instrument and this piece for that, and then you're going to write this here, and then they've got to rest, and if they come in too early, it messes this up, and then they're going to hold on to this, and they're going to hold on to that, and they're going to play that. And, and But in the end, when he plays it for me, it all makes sense. I'm baffled by the process. I didn't, and if he gave me it and said, hey, give it a shot. Be like, have you ever heard an orchestra play hot cross buns? Because that's about all I got, you know? On a penny to a penny. Like that's, that would be, that would be it. And, and I'd have to hum it for them because I don't know what the notes mean on the page. But here's the thing. When we come to pursuing God's plans for our lives, sometimes he's just going to give you one note. He's going to say, just play it. Simeon's note was to go to the temple. And he was going to play that note as long and as loud as he had to until God told him either go home from the temple or this is why you're here. He didn't see how the whole thing was going to fit together. He didn't sit down before he left and thought, I bet this is the Messiah. I better get ready to talk to his mama and tell her some good things. He just plays his note. And for us, we're waiting for the promises to be revealed. We're waiting for our dreams to be fulfilled. And God is telling you, just take that next step. Just play that one note. Play it for as long and as loud as you have to. And when it's time to change, the conductor will let you know. It's his music. It's his 
fame. It's his reputation that's on the line, and you can trust him to make that revelation to you in his time and in his place. And when you do your part, and I do my part, and you do your part, then in just the right time, in just the right place, God's story resounds through our culture. And we begin to see the promise that Christ has come. The light is shining, and it's bringing light and life to us all. Simeon goes, and and he trusts the Spirit. He follows the Spirit, and then he experiences the fulfillment. It says, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. It's that little line there that's so important for us to understand. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. See, when you have been through the period of clarification, when you've been through the season of waiting, when God has spoken and said, this is the way, walk in it. He's going to fulfill it because he's sovereign, because he's in charge of all things, and because he's the one who promised it to you. So this morning, if God has put that dream in your heart, don't let a season of waiting turn your attention away from it. Continue to hold on to it. Continue to be faithful right where you are. And as the light of Christ shines in, you will find that his presence is the fulfillment of your dream and of your promise. Simeon holds Jesus in his hands and basically says, now I can die in peace. Now I'm satisfied. He didn't see the full story of the Messiah. He didn't see the full consolation of Israel that he was waiting for, but he saw the beginning. And the beginning was the presence of Jesus. And and for you and I, the same remains true today. When the light of Christ shines in your life, his presence is the beginning of every dream being fulfilled. Every longing being satisfied. Every need being met. God's answer to your waiting is always the person and the presence of Jesus. And as his light shines into your life, he's going to do a couple things to the promises that you're holding on to. Some of them he's going to fulfill. The promises that you're going to be loved, you're going to be known, you're going to find hope, you're going to find joy. Jesus is going to fulfill those completely and totally. Other times his light is going to shine in and he's going to refine the promises you're holding on to. He's going to say, I I know you feel like this is the dream and the goal of your life, but let me just kind of change your attention. Let me point you in a different direction. And and it doesn't mean for him to refine it doesn't mean that he takes it away. It just means he, he, he redoes it to make sure it can actually work according to the principles of his kingdom. So God's given you the the desire to have a baby. And you've experienced endless frustration with it. But the absence of a child in your arms is not proof of the absence of God's love for you. And the stories of, of many families in Christian chapel is that it was in that season of waiting that was often painful and heartbreaking that God began to refine the desires of their hearts and turn their hearts towards adoption, turn their hearts towards fostering, begin to open doors that they never would have considered without this season of waiting. The, the desire you have to find a spouse, to get married, when, you, when the light shines on that, God will come and refine it. 
And he'll begin to show you, like, that's a good desire. That's a God-given desire and dream. But you can't put all your hope for joy and happiness on that other person. And so in, in our singleness, God is going to refine that dream to where we find our contentedness in him. We find our peace in him so that we don't crush some future spouse with the weight of our worship. See, when we hold our dreams before the Lord with open hands, he'll come and he'll refine them. He'll come sometimes and show us that, no, 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 that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the way I intended that to be played out. Yes, I intend for you to work. I intend for you to provide for your family. I gave you these dreams, these visions for what your career might be like, but not for your glory, for mine. And he refines it. And, and then there are times that the light shines and completely replaces our dreams. Just shows us that, hey, the, the things you've been building your life on, this is, this is not it. You've been giving yourselves to things that, that don't matter. You've been chasing things that have no long-term significance. And when the light shines into those spaces, it might be a little bit scary to let them go. It might be a little bit painful at times, but it's always good. Because God never just rips something out for the joy of causing us pain. But he pulls things out so they can be replaced by true life by significance, by meaning, by lasting joy and peace. And so I, I don't know what season of life you find yourself in this morning, but I believe Jesus is the fulfillment of every hope and every dream. I believe he's going to come and, and shine his light into your life, and he's either going to fulfill those things, he's going to refine them, or he's going to replace them. But he has a plan for each one of us today. And so if you're in that season of waiting, just be faithful. Right? If you're in a season of the Spirit is speaking, then take the next step. And if you're in the season of experiencing the fulfillment of your dreams, then man, embrace this season with joy and with courage and with celebration. Because every good thing we experience is a sign to us of God's goodness to us. We stand with me. I want to pray for you. And then the band's going to come back and lead us in a couple songs to finish this morning. God, we come to you today and we thank you that you are a loving father who has good plans for his children and gives good gifts to his children. I pray for those who are here today and they're in a season of waiting, that they're in that space between what you have promised them and seeing the fulfillment of it. God, I pray in that space you would continue to bring clarity, you would continue to bring growth. You would continue to speak words of comfort and courage to them. Lord, I pray for those who have been in a season of waiting and, and in this moment, your spirit is beginning to speak to them about the next steps they need to take. A decision that they need to make at work tomorrow, a change they need to make at school. A relationship they need to reach out and initiate or a relationship that they need to end. God, I pray that your spirit would speak clearly, Lord, show them that next step and give them the courage to take it and to stay there and just keep doing the last thing you told them to do until you reveal the step after that. Lord, I pray for those who are here today that your light has not shined into their life. 
They're living in darkness. They're living with an uncertainty of your love and your plans for them. They find it hard to believe that the the God of all creation could have a personal plan for their life. Holy Spirit, we pray as your light shines in that you would point their attention towards you, that they would receive the forgiveness and the new life that Jesus offers. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We ask that your spirit would speak to us in the coming moments and give us the ability to follow the things that you're saying in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The band's gonna lead us in a few songs as, as we finish this morning, just reminding us of God's goodness and faithfulness to us. As they do that, if you'd like someone to join with you in prayer, maybe you're in a season of waiting, maybe you're in a season of needing wisdom to know, do I, do I stay where I am or do I make a step forward? If you'll head out the back doors and to your left, some of our pastors and volunteers will be waiting for you in the prayer room, believing that as we join our faith together, God's going to speak clearly to you about the particular difficulties you're facing today. The rest of us will sing these songs as a celebration of God's goodness and faithfulness, believing that every promise he has made is perfectly fulfilled in Christ in our lives. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.